Yo, yo. What up? What up? Yo. What up? What up? Hey. Hey, welcome. Welcome to Benny's crib. What up? Oh, uh, yeah, just leave your shoes over there. It's cool. Yeah, thanks. Does that sound cool? Yo. Yo, what up? Welcome to Benny's crib. Portland, Maine. As you know, it is another beautiful night. It's a uh, pretty average temperature summer night with a beautiful sunset. And we're here at Benny's crib. We got a 207 DJ, a Portland-based DJ, purveyor of the dance, setter of the vibes, as the youngins say, ambassador of the musical energy. We got the uh, young DJ, Ty Lord. How are you? Doing great. How are you? Feeling pretty good, man. We've had some fun, enjoyed ourselves, reminisced, mm-hmm. caught up before we hit record. Now we got some tea, just to contextualize. Tristan even has tea in the background as we all cheers ourselves. Shout out, Tristan. Shout out, Tristan, too. And Ty Lord and Tristan knew each other from a previous encounter. Actually, how did y'all know each other again? Oh, we used to valet cars. There you go. Look at this. We're already rekindling friendships here <laughs> last episode i actually joked with the guest that we were gonna we had his friend remember how i said i had crab man's friend behind the bathroom door tristan and we were gonna like bring him out so we, i had like a fake reunion last episode and now we had a real reunion this episode so i'm gonna say this we're all gonna get five hundred thousand dollars in a fully legal way with no strings attached hypothetically boom so let's see what happens next episode um we're feeling good <laughs> wait can you bring me back yeah tyler will have to be here <laughs> have to be here um because it's not gonna work in the, well i guess Crabman isn't here so i'm sorry i don't think you can be here if you want to get it you can't be here that's how the universe is balancing it out i want to drink some of this motherfucking tea is, is your tea hot i haven't tried mine yet it's too, good too hot it's perfect oh perfect i'm gonna take some motherfucking sips real quick mm. Mm. there we go <laughs> you need that tea to really kick you in the throat and start things Speaking of starting things, Ty Lord, I want to ask you a question that I ask everybody to start this podcast off. Mm-hmm. What is your first memory of hip hop? Um, I mean, it was like it's always like since I was a child, like day one, mm-hmm. my mom was that's all we listened to Lauren Hill, the Fugees, Slick Rick. Biggie, like every, you know, I was born in 92, so all of the like golden era hip hop artists. Uh, so yeah, it's like, it's, it's always been there. Yeah. In your family <laughs> since before you were born. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, that's the first question I really like to ask everybody just to kind of bookend and start the podcast in the same way. Cause I do the same first and last question. Gotcha. So we'll get to the last one in many, many minutes, but we got some fun stuff to talk about. <laughs> you got some shows coming up this weekend, um, Friday and Saturday to be exact. Yes, we'll get sir. more on that um, towards the end of the podcast too, but we want to get some promo in for that for sure. And um, before we talk about some highlights of the present and potential uh, wishes for the future, let's start in the beginning. I want to ask you, uh, you know, with as much as you want to indulge on, where did you grow up? Where are you from? I'm from Saco, Saco, Maine. Mm. I mean, I moved around a lot growing up, like, town to town up until 
I think like third grade in elementary school, but I say Saco because that's where I've been yeah. since then. All in Maine, or did you ever dip out of the state? I lived with my dad in Georgia for probably six months, maybe almost a year. Do you remember it, or are you too young? Oh, no, I remember. I was a junior in high school. Oh, um, yeah, you'll definitely remember that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was like, it was culture shock. It was very different. He lives in mm. Athens, uh, where like UGA is. Mm. Um, oh, yeah, huge college. Southern town is much different than Saco, Maine. Dude. Yeah, very different. I mean, I, I enjoyed it, and I go back there to visit a lot, but, mm. um, you know, going to schools in Maine and then going there is a very big difference. Did you graduate back in Maine? Yeah, I came back and finished my senior year here. Word. What school? I'm from Old Orchard. Old hey. Orchard and Saco are very close. <laughs> back in the day, there was maybe some, you know, Teenage high school rivalry between uh, OOBHS and Thornton Academy. Or as my friends like to call Old Orchard Beach Academy and Thornton High School. Oh, yeah. But um, that's that's the past. (laughs) We're not here to bring up bullshit, mascot, (laughs) Southern Maine, dumb shit. Um, I'm here to show love to the fact that we grew up in neighboring towns for the most part. Same institutions, man. You're probably getting that... uh, I'm guessing you getting rapid raves. Oh yeah, I mean it was like that was like a two blocks from my house, yeah. so that was a. I already know. That um, was a stop. We'll get to this character later too, but the the dear homie, the talented, uh, be all obviously. <laughs> yes. And sir. Ty Lord grew up together. Ty Lord, B and I are pretty tight. We've done a lot of uh, fun things together, and we all like a lot of the same food. So I <laughs> believe he talked about rapid rays on his episode. So so it's no surprise that yeah. uh, you bring that up as well. I'm trying to shout out other like places I ate a lot at when I was younger. Um, George's Subs in Bitterford, I ate a good amount. Yeah, place that place was really good. I mean, I always used to get the OB Classics, Pier Fries, oh, and, yeah. and Bills. I like Rocco's, I think, in terms of taste. I think a little more than Bills, to be really? sure. Really? Really? I love I mean, Rocco's. it's been, honestly, like, I definitely fucked with Rocco's, but yeah. it's been a long time. I like, like all pizza, though. Don't get me wrong. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, like, I'll eat, bro, I'll get high and eat, you know, one of those frozen... I don't want to get hate for this, but I might uh, from certain people. Uh, cauliflower crust, like pizza, if I'm yeah, ready. Oh, respect. And then I'll get greasy, though, and, you know, go and get a slice of Rocco's or two downtown, <laughs> too. Like, you know, you got to hit all sides of the spectrum. And for, for those sure. who know about Southern Maine OOB pizza culture, uh, there was a spot called Roma's Pizzeria right on the top of the hill. If you're driving down it, it was on the right side. If you're walking up it, it's on the left. And uh, I don't know why I switched driving and walking, but who cares? Um, regardless, I think they moved to Kenny Bunkport or some shit. But I want to say from 20... 2008-ish era to 2013-14-ish era that they were there. They had a little hole-in-the-wall joint, bro. Man, I can't... I don't know if I remember them, honestly. They had a barbecue chicken where they, like... Would almost cut the chicken and the cutlets and put it on top of the pizza and have a really like good sauce, really good like thin crust. But it was still, you know, when you have a good thin crust, it's not too heavy to eat, so you can eat a lot of slices, but it's still stable enough to hold a bunch of toppings. It's important. A, that's a very hard balance. <laughs> they did that well. They had a classic uh, spinach and uh, feta. Ooh. I think maybe a little bit of garlic, olive oil, or something on it. Just too good. And then I'm not even gonna front. I experienced the mashed potato. Bacon pizza first there before I'd ever had autos. Oh, okay. so I was like, oh shit! Like when I came to autos, I was like, this reminds me of Roma's. But I just you know again shows you that you're pretty much blinded to 
the information you're provided when you're growing up and your worldview experience. That's why you should never think you know everything. Because I could be like, yeah, Rome was invented this pizza. Be like, bro, wait, no, Autos has been doing this since like, before Rome was even open. Like, I'm sure someone was doing it before Autos. I mean, that's Stephen. <laughs> you took, took my next point. Like, someone's always done it in a sense, right? It's like, always remember that. Well, cool. I like to touch light upon the beginning parts of the journey where we grew up and shit. Because that's, uh, you know, important to maybe just contextualize in terms of the journey and story of you as, you know, an artist and a DJ. Let's maybe talk about some interests or hobbies that you had growing up. Was there anything you spent your time doing, you know, heavily when you started to have more free time? Um, I mean, I was always uh, an athlete in school. I wasn't very, I was like pretty, pretty big, but not very coordinated. So I went from like being like the manager of the basketball team to being on the team. That's important. <laughs> Someone has to manage the squad. But, uh, yeah, I did that, honestly, like, three seasons. Um, you know, that was, like, that was pretty much it through high school. I didn't. I played in band, I think it was middle school. I played, like, the clarinet mm. and the bass clarinet. So I did have some exposure to playing music um, when I was younger, but that didn't really last too much once I got to high school. Um, but, yeah, I worked at Dairy Queen. It was kind of fun. Um, that was a hobby of yours. <laughs> I mean, making money is definitely a hobby. That's true. <laughs> we got we got bills to pay. Nothing's free in America, man. Except debt, you get that for free. That's a whole different. Um, that's a, that's a you know, idea. like sw going swimming. You know, going to Salmon Falls. Like doing the summer stuff. Wasn't much of a skier, snowboarder. I mean. Mm. At this age, you know, I mean, I, I went a couple of times. It's just more expensive I mean, to get into. For sure. You buy an inflatable and a pair of trunks, that's like 50 bucks. <laughs> 50 bucks might get you a pair of ski boot rentals. Exactly, exactly. Maybe, I don't even know what I'm talking about in terms of pricing. Oh, awesome. I wanted to maybe get into an important element that you already touched upon from your youth. And especially um, maybe in regards to having musicians in your family or just even um, the impact you think. Mm -hmm. It being played in your house had on you, but was music was music around growing up for you? Like, were you getting into being a big fan of music in terms of like searching it out like, a lot as a youth? Because imagine if it's being played in your household, or like if you have any musicians in your family, I don't know. Eventually, you're gonna maybe get that spark somehow. Evidently, yeah, for sure. Like I have, so my mom has a younger brother and sister, so my aunt, uncle are each like I think eleven and. 13 years older than me so that's that's potential sibling energy yeah yeah like they were they were really cool and they you know exposed me to a lot of music you know my uncle was uh a um you know computer guy technician type guy so he was always like setting me up with like walkmans and like shit and you know teaching me how to burn cds so um you know in addition to having you know, people showing me music. I also was learning how to, you know, collect it and put it onto CDs that I could LimeWire, allegedly? <laughs> yeah, LimeWire, Kazaa. Um, was he in that Napster tip? He, yeah, I honestly, like, he, he definitely told me all about Napster, but I was too young, I feel like, at that point. But by the time I was doing it myself, there were other platforms that... Mm. Were probably easier but yeah it was it was definitely you know something i started doing at a young age was 
was burning CDs and um, collecting music that way. Mm. Mm. Hell yeah. You know, back in the day when you had to, like, if you wanted to find a song, you had to, like, write, you had to hear it on the radio, and then you'd write down, like, the lyrics, and then, like, search for it online, like, mm. hope you could find it. Mm. <laughs> I remember that shit. It was so, I think it was almost easier to, to find certain songs, too, back in the day, in terms of lyrics, because the internet is a little bit more regulated now, and there's more ads. There's, and, like, a shitload more content, period. And you know, there's like, more uh, there's more things to sift through in order to find what you're looking for. Exactly. I, remember, I would hear like you know two lines of a commercial of a song on a commercial and try and Google it. Mm -hmm. This is like early high school days, maybe late middle school days, because my parents didn't get a good computer. Excuse me, in the crib until like I was a freshman in high school, mm -hmm. and I didn't have a, an iPhone or a smartphone until I was a senior, and I pretty much graduated. So I always was kind of like a little bit late even get, even getting technology, and I still grew up in it like. Post. I mean, I was born in 94, so I still had like a lot of the 90s shit like, that I was doing in terms of analog or more just less digital shit. Sure. And you'd have to Google like legit two lines of a song you hear in a commercial. Hopefully you heard it right. Mm -hmm. And then if you didn't hear it right, you had to wait till you see the commercial again to find the song. And it'd become like a game. You're like, oh shit, like that commercial's back on. I remember I did that with a couple different tracks. It's just <laughs> funny to look back at like... That's the how you get to do shit. Now you got Shazam, B. Yeah. Shazam is... You can literally play a song and Shazam... And you should say at the same time, like they can coexist. Like I, I don't know if you could do that back in, in the day, but now you can literally like be playing music on your phone and Shazam it at the same time. I was that's like, shit, like, that's that's the future of <laughs> finding music. Sample snitching. Be careful out there. Um, <laughs> hell yeah. Well, I can relate to you know the uh, I don't know just middle school, high school digging through sh burn CD type shit. My cousins did that. Mm -hmm. I loved making burn CDs when I was a kid too. And, I don't know, it's just something about, like, you know, that's almost early DJing in terms of you picking a set list. It's not like I literally, but. this made me think of this, I was with, like, a couple of my classmates, I think this must have been, this must have been, like, fifth grade, but we, it was, like, my teacher's, like, birthday, and we, like, got together and burned a CD for her, <laughs> and it had, like... It had, like, some songs that should not have been on a CD coming from your student. It was, like, like some Sean Paul, like, Temperature. Or, no, maybe it wasn't that. Get Busy. Get Busy! That's what it was. That's good for a teacher. <laughs> you gotta give your teacher that motivation. Like, yo. Sean Paul's motivation. She was probably, like, mortified, but also, like, charmed at the same time. Who it was knows? beautiful. Yeah, but she was like, damn. Shout out Miss McGowan, I think. I can't remember. Get busy, Miss McGowan. <laughs> um, did you have any favorite artists that you really were captivated by as a youngin? You know, like any anytime they dropped you had to like go to Dapiff and get the tape and shit? Um I mean, I was definitely a big Lil Wayne fan. Mm. Um I definitely lived on Dapiff. Um I liked Lil Wayne, Fabulous. I mean, like, there are some artists putting out, like, consistent stuff. I used to download, like, all, like, the Green Lantern tapes. Um, definitely into 50 and G-Unit and all their, like, you yeah. know, stuff that, like, never came out. Like, you know, stuff that just, like, only came out on Dapiff. Yeah, yeah. Those were, those, that was into that shit. Ever hear uh, 50 Cent is the Future? That album? Yeah, 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 for sure. That's like one of the ones that got him pretty big initially. I was, I was really into that. Um, What's that song, too, he had where he... 
Dude, fucking Ludacris, dude. Oh. Ludacris was my shit, man. That quinta, you're talking about quintessential early 2000s mainstream <laughs> rap, you know? You got Luda, you got um, Wheezy, you got uh, 50. What was that 50 song, too? I'm tripping. So 50 Cent, obviously everyone knows for the most part that 50 really dropped his album around the same time he got shot nine times and I mm-hmm. believe and survived, which is, you know, one of the most wild debut album hip-hop. I think stories ever is 50 Cent because I think he's what from Queens, Jamaica, Queens, maybe. Mm. And um, he, I think, lived a pretty tough street life, it sounds like. Not that I know anything about that, but I believe that's what was leading up to this. And then he gets shot. But the wild thing is, I'm trying to find what album or what song it is. He ends up um, dropping 50 Cent is the Future. And then he drops a song. Oh, what the fuck is it? It's literally, he insert he insults and inserts stupid amount of rappers names like pisses Mm -hmm. and calls out a bunch of like a lot of people in this one song right as he's kind of starting to get big and then i don't know if it was tied to this or if it was another thing but then he gets shot and shit so it's like you clearly tell 50 cent did not care about pissing people off speaking his mind (laughs) and then he ends up like getting shot at bro survives and then he drops that album man in america i think when Nine times platinum. Fifty Cent went nine times platinum, man. That's it. nine million, yo. It's crazy. And we were listening to that shit, playing fucking PIMP in like <laughs> middle school, thinking we were cool shit. We used to get the bus driver. My school bus used to give us the aux cord. Whoa. Bless his soul. Wow. <laughs> yeah. In the morning. The yes, end? in the morning. What? That changes the <laughs> dynamic of the whole day, bro. Oh, uh, man. I mean, sometimes he was the night. Sometimes he was like, you know, the afternoon uh, bringing you home driver, too. But, yeah, that was I mean, it didn't last that long. Like, you know, there were some ground rules, you know, no swears and stuff. But mm. I think I played like played something from like the G-Unit album and didn't fly. <laughs> it was just too much. <laughs> but like, yeah, that was that was pretty dope. That's wild. I've never heard of that. Paul, could, shout out Paul. Oh, I think it was How to Raw. Let's see. Are you are you folks ready? Here we go. How to Raw. I'm reading from Wikipedia. How to Raw is a song oh, yeah. by 50 Cent. The song serves as the lead single from his intended debut studio album, Power of the Dollar. And then that actually never got um, dropped mm-hmm. as a um, album in terms of like, what's the word here I'm looking for? Um it didn't get dropped like in the timeline I wanted to. I think it got shelved because he had so much like shit around him. Because mm-hmm. this is um ninety nine, like Fifty Cent technically could be considered a nineties rapper. He dropped this song called "How to Rob." Um, oh, it was a car. Skirt. On August tenth, nineteen ninety nine. This is who he uh, calls out and <laughs> not call out in the sense of hey, let me just mention your name. I believe he talks about like robbing these people because it's mm-hmm. called how to rob mm-hmm. Lil Kim so then again this is 1999 so just remember Lil Kim P. Diddy Whitney Houston and Bobby Brown <laughs> Brian McKnight Keith Sweat Mace ODB Corrupt Foxy Brown Jay-Z Track Masters Slick Rick Big Pun Master P Silk the Shocker Jada Pinkett Smith Will Smith Timbaland Missy Elliott Joe Jermaine Dupree <laughs> The Brat <laughs> DMX <laughs> Treach or Tretch. I always forget how to say his name. Do you know Naughty by Nature? Tretch. Is that Tretch? Yeah. Tretch. It's Tretch, like Treacherous, right? Tretch, yeah. yeah. DJ Clue, Raekwon, Ghostface, 
and RZA, Fredro Star, Sticky Fingers, Cannabis, Heavy D, Juvenile, Black Street, <laughs> Boys to Men, Mike Tyson, and Robin Givens, Mr. C, Buster Rhymes, and the whole Flipmo squad, and also uh, Kirk Franklin. And I guess there's also an R. Kelly reference. Fuck R. Kelly. Um, and he doesn't mention him by name, but he references it with lyrics. I haven't heard a song in forever, but... So he was so he was on, like, Takashi 6 9 shits before him. <laughs> Dude, you know what's weird? Didn't he show love to Takashi? Yeah, yeah, he did. That kind he of, has. That kind of makes sense in right? terms of, like, energy of, like, let me call it everybody. Because I think what ended up happening is... Um, he was because there's like a whole thing like he was signed i think jam master j from run dmc had a pretty influential uh hand in helping with 50 cent i could be tripping and then jam master j ends up dying and getting shot in a studio which is like unexpected because mm-hmm. when that happened he dies in 02 and i believe 50's album comes out in 02 that's pretty fucking wild yeah because 50 Cent had that album I was mentioning, Power of the Dollar. Mm-hmm. Drops How to Rob. Insults everybody. <laughs> it's like, there's too much drama on this motherfucker. We can't really uh, put this out. So then, I think it either like got shelved and leaked online or it just eventually got you know non-released commercially. Mm-hmm. Then 50 Cent ends up dropping... Um, this mixtape called Guess Who's Back. I bet some people have seen. That was yeah. my that was my shit. Yeah, yeah I fucked. You know that one. It has yeah. like some G Unit on it too. Yeah. Um, you know, like Bum B, Nas. There's like a lot of you know people on that shit. That one was good. Then the one that got me was, and this is pretty fucking wild. Guess Who's Back comes out in May. Fifty Cent is in the future. It comes out in June. Um, Fifty dropped this after he got dropped by Columbia, because I think he had another song called Ghetto. Let me read. Yeah, Ghetto Quran. Mm-hmm, remember that one? Yeah. Um, it is again more wicked. I'm, I know we're going on Fifty Cent tangent, but this a this is a hip hop podcast, <laughs> and b this is very interesting. Um, I think it's I'm getting reading from Wikipedia. It is rumored that the song "Ghetto Quran" um, and the subsequent music industry blacklisting of Fifty Cent led to the murder of J Master J. Whoa, I didn't know that. That's what happens. I guess some guy named Supreme. Actually, I don't even know what I'm talking about here. Did you read the 50 Cent biography? No. You sure? I read that. I, that sounds really interesting. I don't want to speak on a bunch of shit that I don't know about, so I'm going to not get too deep into like the uh, street side of 50 Cent because they were giving me a lot of links. But it sounds like 50 um, caused some waves and was kind of you know trying to get blacklisted by certain people in the industry, like, don't work with this guy. Then he drops a bunch of big mixtapes in 2002. Guess who's back? 50 Cent is the future. And then No Mercy, No Fear, which is a G-Unit tape. I think he also um, drops another G-Unit tape. And then, right in like the early turn of 2003, that's when Get Richard Die Trying comes out. So it's like 50 in the late 90s is looking like he's going to kind of be, you know, maybe a bigger rapper. Get some pretty controversial songs. Kind of gets pushed back. Crazy shit happens. J Master J ends up getting murdered. Then, Aftermath Shady signs him and drops a nine million selling dollar album after he gets shot. What nine times? That tell me that's not one of the most wild hip hop journeys ever. Yeah. Anyone who like anybody, even especially anybody in Maine listening, if you want to quit, think about what the fuck Fifty Cent had to go through, man. You go here in Maine, living a chill lifestyle, like just fighting winter and seasonal depression. 50 seconds drop an album. Anyone could drop an album, man. That's fucking... To me, I mean, that's, that's just... Parts of hip-hop history that I'm just like, man, that's, that's, that's kind of crazy. We grew up in that. 
Yeah, it's cool. He the the document or the sorry the the biography. I mean, like I don't know if it was an autobiography. It might have been an autobiography to be honest, but mm-hmm. it was good. It came out when I was in high school. Yeah, I read it because it's just like Fifty Cent was everywhere, man. G Unit, do kids in Old Orchard Beach, Maine, middle school wearing G Unit clothing? Mm-hmm. Had no business wearing G-Unit that shit. Sneakers. <laughs> the no, Saco Middle School. Had no business wearing G Unit. <laughs> it's tremendous, man. So um. <laughs> Yeah, I just want to shout out uh, Get Rich or Die Trying, man. I think I've talked about this with a lot of artists, you know, in like their later 20s, early 30s on the podcast about how important that shit is. But I just fucking love uh, remembering. Like, I remember the first time I saw that album cover on the bus mm-hmm. in fourth grade. And kids were just like going wild about it. And I was like, this is interesting. Like, I've <laughs> never been, my parents would never let this shit in my house. <laughs> All right, cool. Shout out 50 Cent. Shout out um, some of the artists of your youth. This is an important question because now we're getting into the DJing side of your life, Tyler. Ty Lord. When did the idea of DJing start to form within you? Um. Well, my uncle, who I previously mentioned, he has always he's DJed, you know, since I was young. Mm. You know, since I can remember. He had turntables, so he plays on vinyl or, you know, can play on vinyl. So I watched him play a lot, and, uh, you know, I had my exposure to all the hip-hop, you know, through him, but, you know, through my mom mainly. And then um, he put me on to house music, you know, when I didn't think it was cool at all. Like I might have like enjoyed like you know some of the stuff, but you weren't tapped in yet. It was like you know. Also, when you're just a kid, like you're into stuff that, you know, sometimes you're less likely to be. You know, um, you know, you're into what you what you think is cool and what you think your friends think is cool. Yeah, yeah. like open minded about stuff. You know what I mean? But he exposed me to that young when I was young and like, you know, honestly probably showed me how to like beat, you know, tried, I'm sure he tried to show me how to beat match on his uh, turntables and, you know, not like fuck up his needles and shit. But, Mm. (laughs) but, you know, I had exposure to that and, you know, I just collected music, you know, for years, like, a lot of it, you know, when I was younger, I was burning CDs, and then eventually, you know, CDs became hard drives and, uh, you know, iPods and all that good stuff. But uh, mm. I started, I really started when I was, I think I was in, like, maybe my last year of school at USM, or, like, one of the last two years I was in school. Mm. And... uh it was just like I had all this music. Um, my roommate at the time bought a controller and like we were just like, you know, fucking around and playing stuff. And uh, it was uh, it was like I had all of this stuff that I had been collecting. And it was like, oh, sweet. I can like manipulate this and, you know. Together. Yeah, exactly. So it was like I kind of like started. When I started, I had like a lot of like stuff to work with. You said it was in college, right? Yeah. What year do you remember? Was it? It was 2000. Or like what year? Like a sophomore, junior? It was, uh, it was like my, <laughs> I was in school for six years. So, nice. uh, it was my fifth year. I feel like probably so. T- more towards the end then. Yeah, yeah. It was like 2015. Hell yeah. yeah. Did you get to then, um, 
do any sets on campus or when did you really start to be physically DJing for people? Um, Flask Lounge was like my introduction. Uh, they have an open decks night every Tuesday, which I actually host now, which nice. is kind of cool, full circle. Yeah. But uh, yeah, every Tuesday they host this open decks night and basically, you know, it's like open mic, but for DJs. Mm. So uh, going there, you know, you can sign up. You got to sign up, I think, at like 830 and anybody can play, you know, half hour slot. So that was my you know that's how i did it like that's how i got in and i just went there repeatedly you know as much as i could and uh do you remember like what year this was when you first started getting out there it was probably like 2016 nice were you yeah. living in portland at that time yes sweet yeah sweet. so you've been in portland a good minute Five ten years. years ten oh shit i moved here my sophomore year, so 2011, yeah. You went to USM? Yeah. Were you taking a lot of classes in Portland at that point, or were you still going to Gorham? Most of my stuff was in Portland. Um, I just, like, who the fuck wants to live in Gorham? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're trying to be on the, like, the art shit, like, doing kind of music if you stuff wanna on do, the rag. If you want to do anything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you said it on me, but... Um, I mean, no disrespect, but no, it's, no, it's I, boring. Yeah, I feel you. Like everyone's got their preferences. Like I got to be around shit myself. Yeah. What's the biggest change you've seen in like the past ten years? Like in terms of like what area looks the most different? Because I mean, should be changing heavy. Like obviously. Oh, like in Portland. Yeah. Cause... I mean, dude. Though I mean, just like, uh, shit. The waterfront. Like I remember. I mean, I didn't come out a lot in the last year, like downtown, mm. uh, because of the pandemic. But like Facts. when I first drove back down, like commercial, and went like all the way down, you know, towards like the fucking IDEX building. Like mm -hmm. I just was like tall as buildings the, and never the seen building? before. Yeah, sorry, not IDEX Wex. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's just crazy. Yeah, I mean. I, I feel like I always, like, find myself surprised when I go and I see something, like, that I've never seen before, but it happens all the time. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just interesting to see how much the, ch the city changed, mm -hmm. like, uh, from other people's perspectives, because I've only been here for three years, and um, I've already oh, seen Oh, you mean, like, change. even, you mean in, like, ten years? Yeah. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, that's, like, that's not, like, forever but i mean that's a good it's been a pretty transformative 10 years 2011 I mean, a was a little bit of, different a lot of a lot of restaurants and bars and clubs have come and gone yeah. like it's, condos and shit <laughs> yeah yeah it's kind of it's kind of crazy to see all mark's bars like gone now like yeah. like tap house pearl yeah. they're all... oh dude in terms of like well you speaking about like commercial street especially you have all these new giant brick buildings that yeah all, like, i thought you meant like recently that's no what I was... just kind of like in um terms of like the 10 years you've been here but regardless of that you bring up some good points just because to me like it just kind of had like a light bulb went in my head i'm like ben you gotta like remember like what's going on in life right now like Regardless of the pandemic, regardless of all like the fucked up medical and scientific shit, in terms of a business sense, the American business world from the top down has made this work for them a stupid amount. Like a lot of people be broke, a lot of local businesses be closing, and then you see like a lot of I'm not sure if all the places that have been built are are national or regional, but you know, all mm -hmm. these big brick buildings are like are hotels and probably owned by groups and shit like that. Mm -hmm. So you're seeing a lot of like big buildings get built in Portland that are probably from part or uh, apart or from bigger entities mm -hmm. at the same time a lot of local businesses are closing because 
they can't handle it. And it's just wild to see like this symbolism of big, this is like, again, a huge, huge phrase, but like big business, more, you know, chain owned, large entity owned institutions being able to thrive because they have so much power. And then you have a lot of local places. You get hit hard for four months when you can't pay rent. It's over. Yeah, I mean, it's it's depressing. No, it really is. I think it's just important to remember how sometimes bleak, like, not to to bring people down at all, but just, like, you got to be living in the truth and living in reality. And It's already hard enough to make it in America and be successful and have an independent business. But even more so now, like, should be different now to this pandemic if you're, you know, an independent person. But if you're part of a multinational huge entity, it's not, I mean, you, you might have made money, bro. Like, all I'm saying is you got to take care of yourself out there. Like, the real world is pretty intense. And uh, remember that. Like, I'm not trying to make people sad or scared. I'm just trying to make you remember that, like, it's good to have a little bit of, like, shit saved up, whether that's resources, paper, finances. It's good to have multiple streams of potential revenue. It's good to know how to take care of yourself because just the real world be moving. The top down is going to make its money. And people from the independent local communities, it can be kind of tough to endure a lot of shit. So just, uh, I'm looking out for you. I love you. Keep going. Support local business. Boom. Exactly. Um, well, let's pivot now to a more exciting part about life. And that is, uh, you getting your motherfucking kind of first official recognitions. Like you were doing your first sets. You had got some gear. You had, um, a lot of music accrued. When did you really start to kind of feel like you were in a, you know, a positive element and you were getting some good reactions? You know, how, how deep into the DJ foray? Um, I probably played like exclusively at open decks for at least a couple of years like mm. um and then honestly i think the first maybe the first like non-flask thing that i played at was a gastro go-go event like when the food trucks all went to different like breweries mm. there was one industrial way um that i played at with my roommate at um battery steel um but that was like my first gig. I think I think it honestly ended up being like around my birthday too, which is cool. But um, when is your birthday? October thirteenth. It's coming up. Mm-hmm. Gotta remember that. <laughs> Get you a nice treat. Bless. But yeah, that was my first. That was my first gig, and then um, I started. I'm trying to think. After that, really, probably just more shows at flask i had my first my first like hosted show um it was like the january before the pandemic and uh it was a benefit for the preble street resource oh i remember that yeah center it was called hot chocolate and my friend grayson my friends grayson and uh gray goes by and Jay Lojai, we had a, a show where we collected um, win, winter clothing and yeah, yeah, things yeah. like that, like scarves and scarves and hats and coats and all that stuff. Um, and it was like an unbelievable success, like the most packed. I mean, I'm sure maybe it's been that full before, but it was hella full. Yeah. And uh, we collected like six or seven trash bags full of That's so dope, donated yeah. goods and like a couple hundred dollars. Um, 
so yeah, that was like, that was really like incredibly fun. And, um, we had plans to throw another one that spring and then fucking COVID. Well, good thing we got some fun things to talk about soon. But I do <laughs> want to say, was that event maybe on like January 21st? Yeah, you're you're within a day or two. Because I remember you did that on a Saturday, I want to say. Mm-hmm. And that was your first event you you got to put together. And that was at Flask, right? Correct. I did an event on Monday at Flask, that following Monday. Yeah. And that was the first event I ever put together. Yes. So I remember when I was talking to you at that time, like, dude, it's kind of wild. Like, in the same weekend, we both, like, got to, like, do some pretty dope shit at Flask. And my shit was pretty packed out, too, not to pat my own back. But you got to, you know, That's you got to awesome. speak the yeah. truth. Like you said, yours was, I remember I was there, actually, at uh, your event. And it was pretty packed out, too, then. And it was, like, you know, shoulder to shoulder. Sweaty. Getting drinks and shit and sweaty. <laughs> um, especially, you know, in, like, January, so you got to dress cool yeah and then or just warm excuse me but when yeah. you get inside you want to stay cool i'm just like damn man tyler blew this motherfucker out on saturday we killing it on monday we blessed so yeah you really snuck like i felt so lucky I, I don't know if you felt like this i felt like i snuck in right at the last second i was like Phew, i got like an event in and now i can like know for myself more importantly and even like maybe the community a little bit or even just flash that like yeah we can bring bodies in like that's important to Kind of just, it's a good feeling to have when you're trying to throw yeah. an event. You need to have that in a sense. Damn straight it is. Hell yeah. Well, congrats for that event. Shouts out to that. Um, I'm going to get more about um, the events you're doing towards the end again. But uh, just, I, I love that kind of energy and giving back to your community. Before we maybe start to uh, pivot into the rapid fire questions and a couple other topics here. I want to maybe have you, to the uh, listeners... Describe your style in terms of what you play. You know, like, does it differ depending on day and, you know, the exact set? Or, like, how would you kind of describe your style as a DJ? Um, you know, I would say it can definitely vary to the setting. Um, but I I primarily play house music, dance music. Um, I like to play tech house i like to play chicago style house you know a little jazz a lot of remixes too of like hip-hop songs pop songs r&b songs i like to find you know tasteful edits and remixes of of hip-hop and r&b um you know it's definitely like a wide variety like i like to test out different things and see how people react and then yeah. you know go from there <laughs> yeah respect respect um i've seen tyler with dj quite a bit always a good time always fun thank you always moving and we get some things in the work someday who knows just throwing energy out in the universe um but yeah shout out local djs you and double dessert have been on the show like within a month of each other and i just remembered how important it is now that people are going out again there's more like outdoor parties and sets and shit like you gotta remember like if you go to a place and there's dope music and someone's playing it and you're enjoying it, that's not just like something that happens. People have to like know <laughs> songs to play, know how to read a room, know how to read a crowd even because you can almost like, you know, be in a certain venue and you'll have to play to the acoustics of it in terms of like, you know, reading a room. And then even in terms of like reading a crowd in the room is important too because they're going crazy to, you know, I don't know, 110 BPM, some mm -hmm. fun shit. And then you start playing, you know some low tempo low bpm shit and people aren't moving as much and you keep that vibe up it's like man, you might you might have to pivot a little bit here and mm -hmm. it's important i mean i always say respect the producer and then also respect the dj so there you go some of your flowers in a sense um 
One thing, too, that you also do heavily in the hip-hop world as a DJ, at least that I've seen you do when shows were around, is um, DJ for the mutual homie and your longtime childhood friend, uh, B-All. How long have you known B? Um, since he was born. <laughs> for real? Cause are, are your parents f- friends? Um, his mom and my mom were best friends. Uh, sh- his mom was my babysitter when she was pregnant. And then... Uh, so wait, so you don't remember her pregnant do you no no no. i'm just telling you that'd be like, pretty wild if you remember <laughs> b as like not. a point because what you'd be like two <laughs> but like we we were we lived in the same like we grew up together like you know in the same house we shared a playpen and stuff um because after you know they became after being my babysitter they became friends and roommates and so yeah I've, he's he's my oldest friend that's so wild mm-hmm. main hip-hop you never knew who's connected. Basically a brother. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, how did the uh, DJ relationship start? I was kind of there at some of the shows, to be honest. Like, it just seems very organic. That it was like no-brainer. Like, Ty Lord is a good DJ, but he needs a DJ. Well, we, um, you know, we were really tight growing up and listened to a lot of the same music. Um we sh- I feel like we even like shared like an iTunes account at one point, um, but he went off. To, you know, I went off to school. He went off to school, and yeah, because you were in Southern Maine and he was more Northern, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, we stayed in touch, but um, he kind of you know was taken off with his hip hop thing. I was, you know, just DJing as a hobby and mm. you know practicing and. Uh, I, I I really feel like it was like a eureka moment where he was like you know yo like this would probably like fucking work out really well together <laughs> so um yeah um it was really like random I think he, it was I think our first gig together was in uh sugar at Sugarloaf um for like some like college was it the night before Aura it was. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like back the to Jarul back. the show, we were there for that. Yeah, those, those were like back to back. I can't remember if they were, if it was like the day after or if there was like a little time between. But. There was some back to back shows. I forget. Because this was, I think, 2019. Mm-hmm. Early, early 2019. And there was a show up in Orono, too, at the Slice Bar that you weren't I there for. One, but yeah. you were there for the Jarul show. And I feel like that was the day before another show. Yeah, I could be been, tripping. It must have been the sugar. And then we went to uh, be more together, and then I think you we were also at the USM show in Gornum, right? Went to the USM uh, spring concert, and then we also went to uh, upstate New York. I'm trying to remember what the school is called. Hamilton College. Yes. Because Goucher was the one in Beemore. Yeah, it was That was Hamilton. a long road trip. That was funny. Yeah, it was... <laughs> we all had that room and shit. Packed in, man. Yeah, it was like a good eight-hour drive. <laughs> that was the longest I've ever been up in a whip before, I think. No, I've been... No. Might, maybe. It might be the farthest in car I've ever traveled. Shout out that, though. Shout out to road trips. They're fun, man. You gotta go, you gotta go on a road, road trip sometimes. Road trips are fun. You gotta get out of Fucking your self, yo. Yeah. I always say, like... I thought about this the other day. I drove to the White Mountains this weekend, and I was... um. It's such a weird thought to have. I was then I was driving back through Freiburg, and I saw a little league field, and I was like, I, if I wanted to right now, I could literally park my car, and just like, th- like like hit baseballs in this field, 
And it'd be so fucking interesting to be like, like imagine someone hits you like, hey, what are you doing today? Like, you know, because I live in Portland and shit. Like, oh, I'm out in Freiburg, like just hitting baseballs. <laughs> but like, what the fuck are you doing all the way out there? Literally, though, if I had to, I could be back in Portland in less than an hour from Freiburg. And Maine, A, is so funny because it has that diversity of locations and kind of vibes. But B, it just reminds me that it's too easy sometimes for me mentally, like get stuck in my home or get stuck in my habits or get stuck in my routines where it's like you wake up and you're like, I could get like a breakfast sandwich from the same spot I always go to and get like coffee from the same spot and like almost like just habitually like do things. And sometimes if you wake up in a negative headspace, you kind of, um, at least speaking from my experiences, I just will go into my impulsive habits that make me feel good sometimes without even like really concretely thinking about my emotional state just to kind of distract myself. But sometimes if you wake up in a funk, you know what a good way to get out of that funk? Just change up a routine. Like, sometimes you you got to lean into, I mean, everything in life is situational, eh? but sometimes you got to lean into your comfort zones. But sometimes also, I think it's really healthy to be like, fuck it. What if I just drove out to Freiburg and hit some baseballs and then drove back? <laughs> you could do that, hypothetically, you know what I'm saying? Like, Don't let your dreams be dreams. Exactly. And it's not really about me pulling over in Freiburg and doing dumb shit. It's just me remembering that, like, it's too easy to say, nah, I'm going to just chill and not do anything. I'm going to stay, like, at the crib today. Or I'm going to, like, just, you know, stay in the neighborhood, like. Almost like in, I don't want to try, like maybe even like a, a depression type vibe. You can do whatever the fuck you want, man. Like if you got to drive an hour, go on a little road trip somewhere, or just do some random shit in a random town you haven't been in before, do it. Fuck it. That's kind of... Do it. That's the point. Don't don't do let it. life get too uh, familiar, you know? Shake it up, because every day is different, B. If you may, and you can especially make it that way. Speaking of B, before I move on from the B all segment, is there any, like... This is a chance. You got any really funny... Like, memory from the be-all childhood vault that sticks with you if you're like, shit, man. Like, if I had to, like, tell, like, a good wedding story or a good <laughs> toast or something, man, there's got to be something that you can tell. Sometimes you don't want to be spilling too much information. <laughs> uh, I don't think come on if I tell this story. Oh, here we go. The first time, I think I was in college, came home on a break. His mom was gone, you know, somewhere, and... He's he had never smoked weed before, and I I just started smoking weed like freshman. You're two year older, yeah. Two, so he's still in high school. He's here. like, well, he's like a year and change younger. That's true. Oh yeah, because you're yeah you're like a, my birthday is only like a month after his. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, I came home, and uh, he's you know he's down like you know I'm like sweet like it's gonna be so fun we're gonna fucking watch Chappelle's show after oh. Hell yeah. And uh, we go, like, walk around the block. Like, I think I rolled, like, a blunt. And uh, he starts, like, coughing up along, like, just, like... What kind of blizzy was it? Like, not... It was, it was like, a sh- like shitty zigzag. You okay. Know, rap, oh, so like... a, a, a rough zigzag. <laughs> yeah. First time smoking, of course you're going to be coughing up. <laughs> and, Allegedly. Uh, yeah, he's, like, not okay. And I'm, like, oh, shit, like... His mom's gonna come home and have to explain to her, like, I got him high for the first time, like, he's all fucked up, I don't know what I'm gonna do. And, uh, like, you know, like, 15 minutes go by, he was fine, and, Let's like, see. we fucking watched the Shrell show, and it was fucking hilarious. That's so funny, man. <laughs> hey, shout out to that. You got the homie high for the first time. It was funny. Chappelle's show, I remember once I was watching, you know that comedian Gallagher? 
who smashes who smashes, I don't know I just took the mic away from me who smashes watermelons no oh well the, I really only remember him because of this uh, Chappelle show sketch where oh he plays Black Gallagher <laughs> and he just says complete nonsense and then he smashes melons <laughs> and I remember I was high as fuck at a French crib in high school allegedly watching this shit and I was just like dude like what the fuck Chappelle talking about he was like go I, I'm gonna butcher it he pretty much was saying like Blue tokens, green ham, yellow stars, that leprechaun's on acid. And then he smashes a melon, <laughs> yeah, and I was like, what yeah. the f-? I, it, it, was, it was so out of left field. It was so random. I didn't even know what the fuck he was talking about. I remember I died laughing, bro. Like one He's of those like, early high memories where you can't stop laughing. So that's a beautiful moment. Thanks for sharing that, Ty Lord. Anytime. We're going to unwind here very soon, promote some events, get some final questions. But before we do that, you down for a little rapid fire? Sure. Dream DJ set location. Oh, man. Dream DJ set location. Um, Probably, like, somewhere dope on a beach. Mm. Like a really good Maui. sound. So it's a really good sound system. So it's, like, loud still, you know. Like, a, almost like it's a professional concert, but it's on the beach in a sense. Yeah. That's a really good vibe, man. I respect that. That'd be fun. Somewhere in a warm climate. Yeah. Peaks yeah. Island, height of February. <laughs> Fuck Not it quite. fest 2022. We're going to start it. <laughs> Favorite ice cream? Favorite ice cream? Okay, this is going to come out of left field, but I recently started getting uh, ice cream at Sticky Sweet. The like, It's like plant-based ice cream. That's cool. I thought I was going to be like, you know, I didn't know what I was going to, how I was going to feel about it. Mm. It's by far the best. It's, mm. it's it's over. It's on Cumberland Ave. Sticky sweet. Sticky sweet. You heard it here first. <laughs> What's a new hobby that you've picked up lately? You got anything? New hobbies or that like, I've picked up lately. Maybe not like, you know, super lately, but like something in the past couple of years. Maybe. Disc golf. We got to go still, bro. Yeah, we yeah, have to go. I know. <laughs> I don't play that much, but I, I I played a lot of Frisbee with my dad growing up, like just tossing it. So I love throwing Frisbees. I just like throwing shit. I don't know why. I'm very silly. Like I'm like a very simple man. I like to just, I like throwing rocks at trees. Who doesn't love doing that? Mm-hmm. Throwing any kind of ball, throwing Frisbee, just being outside in the sun and having some excuse to do something kind of like repetitive and fun. I like that kind of shit. Disc golf is hella fun. Disc golf is mad fun. I played last weekend and I, uh, I'm not going to front. I think I was under par. Whoa. At Pleasant Hill. Whoa. But I wasn't by much. I mean, Pleasant Hill, let's be honest, has some pretty easy pars, too. Mm-hmm. It's like some of them are like a par five or four, and it's like, yeah. You are, you good, are you good at putting? Decent at putting. Yeah. Like, I can half the time hit, like, the important shots, I'd say. That's good. Yeah. But I lost my, uh, <laughs> I don't know why I'm getting into this. I'm not that passionate, but I lost my driver. In the water. In the water, Oof. man. They pull them out one. there. They pull them out. Yeah. You just got to wait. I got to wait. First one I ever lost, um, allegedly. So I feel, or actually I lost the homies once. So the first one of mine that I ever lost. <laughs> anyway, what's an album that uplifts you? An album that uplifts me. Um, hmm. An album that uplifts me. Shit. I would have to say uh, the Fuji's, the score. Mm. Just like, Do you have that on CD? I don't have it on CD, but that was just like... We a, might change it. You got a CD player in your car? 
Yeah. We might change that tonight. <laughs> we'll see. What about giving gifts? I'm trying to think of the last gift I gave. I know I gave... Not to interrupt you. I know I gave Sarah Violet a black vinyl, you know, 6-L-A-C-K. Oh, tight, yeah. tight. I think it was East Atlanta Love Letter, too, which might be his debut. Mm-hmm. Sarah, I love you. That's a really good gift. I hope you enjoy that. It was. I think it was sealed, too. I'm like, you know what? I never opened this. You should just take this. Because I'm, I'm about, like downsizing and mentally like in in the art of practicing it mm-hmm. i'll buy shit still like that it really like matters to me like i like having some plants around i like you know getting food for myself every now and treat myself i like buy i gotta just actually bought a new 4k tv recently because i haven't bought a tv since 2013 however i bring up this point to counter it with we don't need as much shit as we really think and sometimes it's not about like the quantity it's again it's not quantity it's quality what you have in your life everything you have should bring you joy i re- that dude not I mean, look at how much shit i got on the walls and for instance like there's you have to have I th- well, you don't have to. You gotta do whatever you feels natural to you. Genuine, authentic life is important. But for me, putting in even minimal effort can have like a maximum effect on my self worth and myself. Uh, I don't know, just self confidence in a sense. You know, just showing yourself is is the act of it is most important. And downsizing, giving shit away, being selfless is also a good thing for me because sometimes it makes me less possessive. So I gave Freddie. St- there's a dope New Jersey artist named Freddie Stone. He actually got a show on Congress Square Park. I think a week from Friday. He coming up here. Shout out Freddie. Um, he liked Kanye West College Dropout a lot. Mm-hmm. Some guy from Mass at a record store I used to visit when I was down in college gave me a College Dropout DVD of all the music videos and behind-the-scenes footage. I had not watched that once. If I really cared about that, I probably would have watched it, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. This is how my subconscious speaks to itself. Freddie Stone saw that, and it was giddy. He's like, that's dope. Like, Freddie Stone, you're in Maine. That's your souvenir. Take that. Nice. Just because it's like... If that's gonna give you joy over me, fuck it. That's how I view shit. Again, not to interrupt because that's a great answer, but I might have to um, settle a score with you myself in a sense. Ah, uh, no pun intended. No pun very intended. Corny, <laughs> corny yourself. What's the last great meal you had? Because we've had some dut together, my friend. The last great meal that I had. Um. Hmm. Hmm. I made this recipe last week that was really good. It was like a sweet potato. You bake a sweet potato, then you make like a, a mixture of um, black beans, corn, onion, red onion, um, cilantro. I think I might have even... Maybe put some peppers in it. I can't remember. Mm. And you mix all that stuff up, um, you know, with some seasonings, like some cumin and chili powder. Oh, yeah. Red pepper flakes, maybe. Mm-hmm. And then... Some garlic. You got some garlic, garlic in there. Garlic. Garlic yeah. was in there, yep. And then put that on top of the baked potato. You cut it in half, put that on top, and then you top that with some guacamole. Shit was fire. That sounds really good. A homemade yeah. guac. Maybe a little bit of mm-hmm. lime, cilantro, black pepper in there. Mm-hmm. I'm not even going to be crazy. You know what I might even do just to be extra duddy? I might make in a separate pan um, a little light garlic butter. Mm-hmm. Drizzle that on the sweet potato and mm-hmm. then put the so- the toppings on it. Because it's almost like when I think of guac and a black bean, corn, veggie combo, it's almost like a Southwestern kind of inspired yeah, dish. Yeah, for sure. So it's almost like a, I don't know, a deluxe baked potato it's almost like a healthier version of those loaded baked potato skins you get yes it's as, vegan as an adult as, as an adult as an adult i sometimes struggle saying words and also as an adult i'm looking for almost healthy alternatives that don't replace a meal like i'm not trying to replace 
uh, baked potato skins. Like if I really want some at some point, I might, you know, go and get some. But I'm not trying, I try not to eat pork too much, to be honest, just myself. And I try and be like aware of like, you know, the even starches and what I eat and shit like that. And sweet potato is way healthier than the average potato, like a russet or a white potato. Mm-hmm. One of those, which is probably <laughs> what you're going to have for a uh, baked potato skin. And then you got bacon. Oftentimes you go to a place like B-dubs or some shit. That's a national chain, B. They got to move shit in trucks and stuff, most likely. So you're eating, like, frozen, low-grade bacon bit, which is probably, like, weird, shady, grown, like, in the dark pork shit, which I don't know if I want that in my colon a lot. But if I would crave a dish like that, I would make what you would do, which would <laughs> maybe hit some of the bites, but not the same taste buds. Like I said, you got to almost compromise with yourself as an adult. It's important. <laughs> you get me on these rants and tangents when I'm on the rapid fire questions, man. Who's a rapper whose next album you really want? Rapper whose next album I really want? Um, F- Freddie Gibbs or like Griselda? Any? Yes, dude. Gibbs I mean, has got Conway, one Conway the Machine, or Benny the Butcher. They're like fucking dope. Freddie Gibbs' new album, I think, is called Soul Soul Separately. Okay. Which is, I think, is a line he says on education. Mm-hmm. Maybe like something sucker free, sold, sold separately. You know what I'm talking about? The most deaf and, excuse me, the Yasin Bay and Black Dot song. Mm-hmm. I think, too, he announced the. I think he has like multiple. I mean, I think he has like multiple things recorded. I feel like he said. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He he just did a um interview recently and he, and he said the produ- He mentioned some of the producers on it mm-hmm. because he did a. Um, I think he had like some film in the Cannes Film Festival. Did you see anything about that? Oh yeah, that it, he's gonna move into acting. Yeah, well, it, yeah. it's interesting too. Like, uh, it's about a rapper. I think who starts to live on a farm or something. I forget, bro. I could be tripping, but uh, I'm trying to find like the producers that he talks about for this album because there's some really, really good uh, credits that he has on this thing. I'm like, holy shit! Like, this could be really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, allegedly, so far, um, oh, I just lost it. Damn, man. Let me see. Let me see if I can find it. I got to keep talking so there's no dead air, but I don't really know if I can find out which artist he was talking about. I remember it was like people like Pharrell. Um, cool. Mike Will made it. Maybe Alchemist. Hit Boy. Mad Lib. Um, oh, here we go. Said I'm about to. Gibbs said this. I'm about to go work with Pharrell next week. Mad Lib. Working on Dying. The Alchemist. Sven Thomas. Hit Boy. I just talked to Mike Will made it. It's going to be the best produced album that I ever made, which says something. Yeah, because all those producers are fire. <laughs> Bandana's ill. Pinata, ill. Mm-hmm. Two Madlib albums. I don't give a fuck. Madlib's beats are untouchable. He's in a different tier for me. Mm-hmm. He's like a one of one. He's like a god of musical hip-hop production and just music in general. Then you have a lot of other good albums by Freddie Gibbs. Shadow of a Doubt has some clean shit. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of slappers. I wouldn't say it's like, you know, ones I'm going to replay in terms of the production, more the energy. Yeah. Combined with the production on, on Freddie, for instance, that's a good one. I then go back to like Cold Day in Hell, BFK. Mm-hmm. There's some really great songs on those albums too um, in terms of beats. And then shout out You Only Live Twice. There's some great tracks on that. Fetty, the Alchemist Project Fetty, with Currency too. That has some amazing production. Um, so the fact that Gibbs is saying that, I'm pretty pumped. What's yeah. your ideal set length? My ideal set length? Um, I don't know. Usually when, I, when we do shows, we'll do like, a, like if we're doing solo sets, it'll be like a block of like two hours. And that's, that's fun. It gives you like enough time to 
you know, slowly. I, I usually I like not start too slow, but I like to take the energy build. and build on it, you know, and having mm. some time to do that is nice. Um, yeah, I would say if I had to pick two hours. I like that. I asked DJ Double Dessert this. If you could only pick three artists to spin for a whole set, which three artists are you picking? I think, Tristan, you might have to help me with this, but I don't know if you remember. Megan Thee Stallion, 3-6 Mafia, and Freddie Gibbs. Does that sound right? Yeah. That's correct. You remember that? If there were three okay. artists that... Wait, hold on. You got to explain that again. Like, you can, you're doing a two-hour set of songs. Two hours of time. Uh-huh. Any BPM, any, any flow you want. It doesn't uh-huh. matter. But the material that you're picking from can only be music that three artists made. Like oh, okay. You pick three individual artists or acts. Um, all right. I mean, this might go over some of the hip hop heads. That's okay. But, uh, there's this artist, Demir, uh, he's from Toronto. Incredible producer. You gotta send me shit cause I'm, I haven't, I know Canada can make some, I mean, Kachinata, high classified. You just Come got on. to the second one. Kachinata. He, he would be my first. <laughs> if I had to, Kachinata, you, you could play a whole two hour set with just Kachinata B. Yeah. Um, and then a third, um, Hmm. Yeah, it's just so tough. For the third, I'd probably pick maybe Jamie Jones. Hmm. He's another. He's from. I think he's from the UK, maybe. But he's uh, he's a really dope producer. Hell yeah. But yeah, it'd probably be those three. I'll send you some of Demir's stuff. He's like one of my favorites. Hell yeah. I'm gonna mean Katrin on it. Like if I was thinking I'm, I'm gonna answer this too. I know I've been talking a lot on this podcast, but you know why? There's caffeine in this mint tea, B. I wanted to get the non caffeinated shit, B. This makes so much sense. <laughs> Regardless, I was gonna think Katrinata. Missy Elliott pops in my head too, bro. You can get a crowd going with Missy pretty well. So hard, man. I don't even know. Honestly, like, it wouldn't just be songs he's rapped, produced as well, but Kanye West. Mm-hmm. I feel like I can't, can't go wrong. You can't go wrong with <laughs> like so many hits that he's produced are just dumb. Like, I've, I'm not even gonna get into it because it's just too long. But it'd be something in that realm, like some mm-hmm. almost down south Timberland thump, some house electronic dance vibe that Katrina can fulfill. And then just some classic hip hop, um, you know, because like, you can throw "So Gone" mm-hmm. on on a set. Because would you correct me if I'm wrong? I'm not a DJ, but I like to think I know how to make a pretty good like playlist and set list in terms of a function. Mm-hmm. Every now and then, you do want to play a slow down song in case people want to like catch up on a conversation. Maybe go get a drink, go to the bathroom, mm-hmm. and then kind of build it back up like within two more songs again. Would you say that's depending on the set? Is that? Yeah, I get. I mean, like you know, a lot of songs. You can uh, just because the you know BPM is at a certain level doesn't mean that the energy is at the certain level. So like there that. are songs that you know are the same tempo, but are you know the feeling of you know the feeling of them is not as you know fast. It kind of like slows down. Um, and I also like to mix like you know tracks like you know we talked about a mm. lot of like hip hop uh influenced and uh you know edits and things of that nature 
often we'll have a breakdown in there where yep. you know it might sample like a like a real like actual um exact sample of the track and mm. you know that will give you kind of like a break for a second and then it'll go back into the I like to that. the house beat hell yeah oh you mean like whatever sample was you're using yeah like you might have like you know have like a um dr dre remix and it like plays the whole or actually a fucking two live crew one that's pretty dope uh anyway It'll like play like it has like you know it samples the song over a four by four you know house beat and then mm. it'll be like a breakdown and then it'll just like go into like a portion of the original track and then it'll, that always makes people amped up and people get hyped yeah because like, you know they heard the remix they're like dancing and then this like, is where it's coming the original from. shit comes out and they're like oh yeah yeah I relate to this um but yeah you know and that's a, also a you know easy way to give the people a break on the floor for a sec i like that well you heard it here first dj extraordinaire in the portland main scene ty lord giving you helpful tips <laughs> to make your function fire <laughs> last one dramatic pause favorite concert you've ever seen favorite concert i've ever seen um I mean, all for the hip hop podcast. I went to Rock the Bells in two thousand seven. Wow, they don't make. Hey, you're pretty young. That's what you. I was like, grade? I was like fourteen. I yeah. think. Um, That's like a huge festival. It was like I saw Most Deaf, Talib Kweli, Public Enemy, Wu Tang, Doom. You seen Doom live? Yeah. Fuck out of here. Rest <laughs> in peace. Actually, yo, can we do a quick like couple seconds moment of silence for MF Doom? I haven't done that on the cast yet. Moment of silence for MF Doom, real quick. Thank you. Was Nas at Rock the Bells? He was, but I didn't. He wasn't there the day that I was there. Oh, because it's a multi-day festival. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of other you know hip hop quote unquote legends because that's a huge. I mean, that's some of you already mentioned some stupid names, B. And uh, rock, rock him. Um, That's how they mean. Come on. Who else? There are even more. But uh, and then fucking rage the machine headline. Rage against the machine headline. That night? <laughs> yeah. Wait, in '08. It was. So they're in... kind of still relevant in terms of making music. It was. Um. It was on Randall's Island, New York. We went down. We drove from. I mean, I went from Maine to Massachusetts. Uh, my uncle brought me, and we met up with, like, one of his friends in Mass. And we drove from Mass to New York, and uh, we were in, literally in Times Square the night before the festival was starting. We had plans to sleep Damn. in Brooklyn uh, at, you know, one of his friend's spots. And fucking realized we didn't have the tickets. They were in Massachusetts. This is, like, midnight before the festival so we drove all the way back to bill rick mass slept you know a couple hours grabbed the tickets drove back to new york <laughs> so we missed some we missed some acts like i might have been able to catch Nas at uh at the fest but he just had like an earlier 
set, you know. So Damn. we missed some artists because of that. But I mean, it was still it, it makes was a still, good story. It, yeah, it made that, that drive story. Like? Any fucking awful. No swearing, <laughs> no anger. It was tense, <laughs> tense. That's a movie. <laughs> it was very Bro, tense. That is a movie. <laughs> We had Crab Man last week, high as fuck off edibles with him and I talking about potential movie plots. That could be a great movie. Yeah, it was like some fucking Harold and Kumar shit. But it's almost like you have to tie it into Ty Lord's story. Maybe it's like some guys like, yo, if you can get in the festival at this time, I'll let you DJ for most death or something like that. <laughs> and then your homies that you're with who have the car, they're like, we want to go too, B. We bought tickets, but we let the tickets in mass. And like, no, like I gotta get to the festival. Like, nah, like you with us, you gotta go back. And it can be like this whole thing. You rush, and the third act is you getting to this festival right on time. Some little road road trip hijinks along the way, and then you kill a set, and it's a hip hop show. Got a template. <laughs> we got a movie here, yo. I think we got like a Benny's Crib movie studio. Hit me up. We're taking uh, cryptocurrency. Come through. We'll bounce ideas off each other. Just pay a small consulta- consultation fee. And uh, we'll get some fucking ideas. Speaking of ideas, I love the idea that you have going on this Saturday. Mm-hmm. Coming up is going to be uh, Saturday, August 8th. 7th. 7th. That's true. It's four days away. Oh, it's Saturday, Tuesday? Mm-hmm. Damn, B. That's dope. <laughs> the 7th. Um, it is going to be similar to the past event you did for Prebly. You're going to be um, taking in donations and resources to help, I think, with more like back to school vibes mm-hmm. that are going to and supplies, not just vibes, <laughs> supplies and utilities and things of that nature that are going to a local youth organization. Yes, I'm uh, hosting an event at Flask Lounge. It's called Extra Credit, and um, it starts at nine, goes to one, and it's another donation drive where, as you mentioned, we are collecting K through 12 school supplies to donate to, um, you know, children in need in the community. Mm. Um, there's a $10 cover fee, mm. or you can donate things like pencils, pens, backpacks were like an important thing, um, for the organization. Um, Binders, erasers, pens—you know, you name it. We've all been to school. Um, so highlighters, you, highlighters, reinforcements yeah. for your binder White in case out. your paper rips. But yeah, you give. Uh, you can donate. You know, uh, in kind items like that for your, you know, entry, or it's ten dollars, which we'll be donating. You know, half of to the organization as well. And Don't be a bozo and bring like a fucking eraser cap and think you can get in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can. Yeah, yeah. You know, you don't. You don't have to spend exactly ten, I would imagine, but bring some fucking things. You know, yeah. Show some respect, <laughs> because in my opinion, I just want to give you one more, I guess, small bouquet of flowers. Um, not to gas you up too much, but just I like to celebrate these types of ideas and these events because these are the types of events and ideas and energy I think that we need in the community, man. Especially what I was bringing up earlier, how like national influence, even in a local place like Portland, Maine, is becoming more prevalent in terms of you know real estate and buying power and shit like that. And local stuff got hit pretty hard by the uh, pandemic. So when you big up your community, when you, I don't know, when you can create like a positive impact and put it on a dope function at the same time, that's just like a really cool, you know, important thing. I think. Thank you. Like you have people dance, have people have fun, have a couple drinks. Who's judging you? But 
at the end of the day, it's like Saturday morning. We gonna get rowdy. We gonna spin some shit. Who is it? Dume? What's that artist's name? So the no, my guest no, artist, not nicotine. The the artist you said who you let who you demure demure play some demure. Mm-hmm. He'll be a, yeah. You'll hear him on Saturday. And then Sunday though, you gathering shit up and you when you already know you're gonna be proud of what you've done. Hopefully so. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm having um, Nicotine as my uh, guest DJ. He is an old, old friend. I met him through my uncle. They go back. And Mm. uh, Nicotine used to own a record store called Earwax on... um, Or, sorry, not commercial. Congress Street. At, like, the bottom of Monjoy. Um, Mm. So I spent a lot of time there when I was younger, hanging out in his shop with my uncle. Got you. So it's... It's cool to have him come spin circle, with me. Man. Yeah, he has a, you know, you can imagine someone owning a record store, the uh, diversity in music that he has. Mm. So it's always fun to hear him spin. He always has just like dope tracks that you will never come across otherwise if you're not there. Hell and yeah. Uh, yeah, he plays a lot of different genres. He's really good at mixing between genres. Um, and making it sound really good all at the same time. So That's very excited thing. to have him on. That's a beautiful thing. Anything else you want to promote, yo? You're going to be somewhere else on Friday, maybe? Friday night, uh, I'm going to be playing at Citrus with Last Minute Zach. That's a um, new spot, correct? Yeah, Citrus opened a month ago. I was actually, I played there for the opening weekend, and hey. it was nutty. Where is it for the people who do not know? Uh, one city... One city center. Right, kind of at the bottom of Free Street where it intersects into Temple, I think, almost. Yeah, it's like, you know, across the street from the Nickelodeon. Yeah. It's where MJ's Wine Bar used to be. Mm. But great atmosphere in there. Yeah, that Dunkin', that bunk-ass Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah, yeah. It should yeah. be a local coffee shop. If you're asking me, I'm just saying things, but regardless. But, uh, yeah, it's a really great vibe in there. They serve really uh, good drinks. Um, it's just, I, I it's... My favorite, newest, like in terms of new uh, venues in town, it's probably my favorite. I haven't peeped it. I gotta check it yeah. out. Shout out Citrus for uh, booking you. Yeah, I'm. I'm so hyped to be back there, and uh, I've never played with Zach before, so that's gonna be fun. Um, we're gonna play, you know, house and dance music, more funky, discoy vibes. Mm. Um, Get the people dancing, yo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gonna be a good time though. So yeah. Double header this weekend, Friday and Saturday. Let's go with Ty Lord. Music <laughs> is back. Be safe out there. Be smart. Get your fucking shots and shit, but go and have some fun. <laughs> well, let's pretty much wind down with some final questions to top off and finish the podcast here, to finish the interview. What's something you're excited for right now on a positive note? I mean, it sounds like maybe these shows. Um, I'm really excited, yeah. Uh to be getting you know bookings you know after the pandemic shifted to the live streaming for a while and you know that was fun but it's you know you want to you want to play for people like real live dude i almost in your forgot face people how important that is i don't know if you felt that way but like being out and about again i was like i forgot how much this shit affects me in a positive way yeah <laughs> it's fun it's, so yeah i'm i'm really excited about the uh the future and, and what it holds for spinning because mm. things are starting to come come alive again hell yeah hell yeah love that 
Where can peeps reach you? Any you know contact socials you want to put? Um, yeah, uh, Tylord under or underscore two hundred seven on Instagram. It's probably the best place. You do events? Do events, parties. Um, you know, Bar mitzvahs. Hit me up. Funerals. <laughs> yeah. Celebrations of life. <laughs> yeah. Truck openings. Mm-hmm, you name it. Photography conferences. I'll play in your coffee shop. Good one. That's a good one. You places like Jewel Box too. Those like little mm-hmm. like pop ups. I like those a lot. Sweet. Before I ask you your final question, mm-hmm. is there anything else you want to plug or say? Nah, man. I don't think so. Uh, I mean, I guess shout out to all my friends that are crushing and DJing right now. Drewski, uh, Meech. Um, Fucking Fatty, uh, Stardust, um, yeah, I got a lot of homies. All, all my homies are DJs, and they're all killing it right now. So shout out to all y'all and the ones that I didn't mention. You know, I didn't forget you. Just forgot the names. <laughs> it happens. I always be that. Like if I do shout outs, don't ever take a personal that you ain't in the shout out. Because sometimes you get that FOMO if you don't hear your name, but nobody didn't like that. It's just hard to remember a bunch of names. You know, allegedly THC, allegedly mint tea. It can be tough. It was my mom's birthday yesterday. Shout out, mom. Shout out to moms. <laughs> I actually got a call from my mom during a quick break in this podcast. I called her right back. That's how I do it. You know, I guess sometimes you be professional. Sometimes you got to be there for your fam. Regardless, Tyler, are you ready for your last question? Mm-hmm. Where will... This is the one, I'll ask this to everybody. Don't forget. So It's important. Where will... Ty Lord be one year from now? Um, I don't know, probably, hopefully playing at, uh, playing more frequently. I mean, I'm hoping maybe a year from now I'll have my own residency somewhere. Rolling loud? And, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe some more, like, out-of-state stuff, maybe getting on some, like, festival lineups, you know, not big ones, but regional ones, um, yeah, I don't know. Sky's the limit. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing and hope for the best. Just getting out there and living that authentic life, yo. Being you. Indeed. Hell yeah. Well, Ty Lord, it's been a tremendous podcast. I just realized I haven't looked in the camera like at all during this podcast. I've been staring at you, making sure I'm in the, in the interview zone, man. Oh, well, um, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, it's been fun. Tristan, shout out Tristan. Shout out Tristan. Shout out Yardy Ting for sponsoring this episode. And shout out, oh, I got the Yardy Ting shirt on right now. Shout out, oh yeah, shout out Nick Genesio. I love uh, his clothing. Shout out, what's one more I want to do? Oh yeah, shout out Soto for the instrumental on this podcast. I always forget to shout him out. Oh, fuck yeah, shout out Soto. Soto did the beat for this podcast. If you ever want to know who made the intro, it's Soto. And that's it, Benny's Crib. Thanks for dealing with our beautiful rambling. Shout out Life, and we'll see you next week. Peace. Peace. Shout out Ty Lord for coming through Benny's Crib. Shout out to you at home for listening. Shout out all the dope DJ sets he's been doing and putting on for the community. Much love to that. Shout out to Yardy Team for sponsoring this episode. Shout out to Soto for this beat. Shout out to the universe. Y'all already know what it is. One day at a time. We'll see you next week. Peace.
Prime Beat.